Hello everyone. Welcome to Scorpio season. For Astrolushes. This is Andy. And this is Lisa. Happy Scorpio season. Happy, happy, or or sad or miserable Scorpio season. Happy all the feelings. Yes. Water sign Scorpio season, everyone. This is one of our favorite seasons, of course, and we are so happy to have you with us. For those of you who don't know, um, Andy here speaking, I'm a Cancer, which is a water sign, but Lisa here... Mm, I'm a Scorpio, and I am so very textbook Scorpio, and I'm really glad to be the representative for this season. (laughs) (laughs) And that's one of the things we're going to be discussing today. We have some things in store for you about Scorpio season, about ourselves, about placements uh, of Scorpio in your chart. We have some poems for you. We have some pop culture theory for you. We do. We're going to be getting into some music, some TV, and um, some rituals mm-hmm. that we like to do during Scorpio season. So, As per usual, we are drinking red wine this evening. We also have Fernet Blanca, Bronca, 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 Bronca. We do just just to like give us a bit of edge. <laughs> it's a sexy Italian digestif. Yes, herbaceous. Um, AF. So we're we're here. We realize we were incredibly drunk for the last episode. <laughs> so as always, we're trying to modulate and find that sweet spot. So we're already drunk because that's like the premise, right? Exactly. But we have we have further to go. Yes, cheers. Cheers. Happy Scorpio season. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. I feel like it's my whole season. Every day is my birthday. So, okay, it is Scorpio season. Let's talk about it. How Mm. has Scorpio season been treating you? What have you done? What's been going on with you? So for Scorpio season, I did the most Scorpio thing possible. I went to New Orleans for Halloween to celebrate my birthday, which is November 3rd, but... I celebrated on October 31st. Which is the weekend, yeah. Yep, and it's like the day that I was supposed to be born. You were due. But I came late. You were supposed to be a Halloween baby like Keats. Oh, Keats. <laughs> Keats the poet is supposed to, was born on Halloween, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, if you ever wonder if astrology is real, there's your answer. Keats was born on Halloween. And do you know what the epitaph on his tombstone says? The one who's... Writ in water? Here lies one whose life was writ in water. <sighs> because he drowned. He drowned. He drowned. Um, well, he died of consumption. D- did, but he had consumption. He went to Italy. And then he like... And then he drowned. Oh, they had a funeral on the beach, didn't they? They did. Some sort of fire. He was sent from England to Italy right. to heal his consumption. And Which he went swimming. Totally and works. Drowned. <laughs> uh, so here, here lies one whose life Let's was writ in, in water. water. Um, oh. And not to be dark about it, but Jeff Buckley. I know. Also a Scorpio, also drowned. Oh, poor Jeff. I mean, that's... What a beautiful soul. What a beautiful voice. What, what a loss. I Both mean, of them. What imagine. a like, early loss of beautiful men. Wow, we got heavy right off the bat. We were supposed <laughs> to be talking about what we've been doing this Scorpio season, and instead we're talking about drowning death. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's apropos. It is. So... Yeah, I went to New Orleans for my birthday, and I did have a beautiful time. It's not my first time in the city. Been there a lot, and I always, I've always looked at New Orleans as a Scorpio city. Mm-hmm. It's the most Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk through the streets in a sludge of spirit and a sludge of deep, heavy energy. And for those people who find New Orleans like a party city, that's definitely one aspect of it, I suppose. But 
if you're looking beyond the veil in New Orleans, you will find something. And so I also think the partying there, though, right? There's yes. there's something. It's so decadent. It's, it's so indulgent. But then there's always like the the next day. There's always the reckoning from that. Oh, it's such a good point. And I do think the partying in Scorpio is about hitting depths. It is about hitting depths and sensuality, mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is it is where you go and you're like, I give myself permission to be completely off the deep end. Wild. Wild. And New Orleans was wild for Halloween. I mean, it was like just a a Bacchanalian pleasure <laughs> orchestra of <laughs> costumes and just decadence and feeling. Um, and I think for me, like, it was it was ultra Scorpio because two things happened during my New Orleans time. One is that a stalker that I used to have and who I still have apparently came back from the past and sent some very weird and intense emails like and she did this on halloween right on halloween night wow it's dated october 31st is there anything more scorpio there's nothing first of all you have scorpio. a stalker which is really <laughs> unfortunate and it is awful yes. Yes. Uh, but the obsessiveness and manipulation and and also weird clarity and speci- like specificness of stalker right feel very Scorpio to me but I'm sorry that that happened no it's okay and it's something that's very under control so I don't mind bringing it up but um it's very Scorpio and um you know there's probably a chance that she'll listen to this but um I I feel protected and I'm okay but the the craziest thing about it all is that the the stalker has this idea that I was in love with someone that she was in love with. Mm-hmm. And who did I run into in New Orleans but him? I know. I walk up a set of stairs to a balcony at this Halloween night party, and there he is. I mean... Now, dear listeners, this is Andy stepping in. I want you to realize something, and that is that Lisa went away for her birthday. <laughs> she went away to the most Scorpio city in the country <laughs> to celebrate in the most Scorpio way for her birthday. And on Halloween night, here's from a stalker from a years ago. ago. A years. And then you walk down a fucking alley and run into the guy yes. that is the cause of this stalking. Absolutely, yes. And I think there I, I think you can like draw of course. some lines. Like I figure, you know, maybe she, she was on that social we media there. and saw you both yes. there. Something. However, the timing, the act, the running into that guy of all places. Completely randomly? Absolutely. I wasn't even in the front. First quarter. of all, you fucking witch. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but also, wow, Scorpio showing up. That's what I kept saying to my my group there. I was like, this is the most Scorpio thing to have ever happened. It is. It is literally. It was so wild and so bizarre. And I think another Scorpio element of all of this was that he and I kind of gave each other this big, kind, lovely embrace and moved our separate ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like this, um, yes, we acknowledge the darkness, but together in union, we also celebrate our lives and having to run into each other and like the Halloween night that's ahead of us. And so that was kind of like we survived this weird thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. Um, and then the second uh, very Scorpio thing is that during New Orleans' uh, birthday trip, I got pretty sick. I had a terrible autoimmune flare-up, and I ended up getting the flu. So I do think Scorpio was like, hey, bitch, here <laughs> you are. It's time for regeneration and survival. Oh, you like regeneration? Yeah. Oh, you, do you like, like transformation? Yeah. 
You're like making meaning out of darkness. Like, here you go. Does, is your pain meaningful? Here's some fucking pain, bitch. I mean, you know what? I can. That's the thing. I always think I'm the master of the archetype until I realize the archetype is the master of me. Absolutely. Oh. You know? Oh. I know. You even said that like a Scorpio. Oh, I know. It's. It's just, it like oozes. And sometimes I step back and I'm like, I'm ridiculous. <laughs> so how is your uh, beginning of Scorpio season? Um, so you know that we have this mutual friend, Heather, who yeah. has the same birthday as Lisa. It's true. November 3rd. Um, and Heather and I planned a trip to Denver in Colorado, um, driving there. So we drove from Pennsylvania. I drove the car uh, for us from Pennsylvania to Denver, which is the first time I've ever driven first of all that far i've never been like on a cross-country trip which i know it's not the full country but it's like it's very far it's most of it it's a lot it's really most of it we drove through so many states um and and it, even in that was like a growing and learning and expanding experience it's definitely like me pressing on my boundaries to see how far they could really go right within denver with like even driving there i was like really surprised by um I'm an East Coast person. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Appalachia. I grew up in the mountains. I moved to New York City. I even went to college in the mountains in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. I'm used. To, I'm an East Coast girl. Um, I didn't know like driving. I expected everybody's like it's flat. You know, it's flat, and boring, and weird. And I found it fascinating. I found it really interesting to be able to like see the whole horizon mm. and have all this openness. But then we got to the mountains, Lisa. I was scared. I was like scared. I was really pressed on your fear button. Big time. And I, like going up these, you know, these mountainous highways with no guardrails and just <laughs> seeing the mountains on both sides of me, I felt too open. Mm. It was, if Exposed. I was, yes, if I was contained, if there were guardrails, if there were trees on both sides of the, of the highways, I think I would have felt really at home in it. I'm not afraid of like the natural heights of mountains, but I'm afraid of the, the big openness it's like there were abyss all around you i was like begging for boundaries right i really i had the opposite of claustrophobia there's probably a term for that there definitely oh yeah it's a fear of open spaces there is a term for that i never thought that that was a thing that i had but i think it's uh, a fear of open spaces when i'm not contained safely Mm -hmm. and even Mm -hmm. though i was in a car it didn't that didn't feel safe I felt like the car could just go careening off any of these cliffs at any point. Interesting. So Scorpio season kind of had this impact on you to make you think about your your fear. Yes. It, what it you could control. Me, it tapped me into like a really primal fear that I didn't know existed and I had to power my way through it. And as a cancer driving the car, um, all my maternal instincts kick in of like, I am in charge. I am protecting Heather. I am the person driving this vehicle, and if we go over any cliff, it's because of my hand. So I need to be, uh, you know, I need to be certain. I need to be sure of myself. And I had to, I had to like grow this spine mm. that I thought already existed, but didn't for that. I do think Scorpio has a way of asking us to be our strongest selves, to find control in it, the ways that we can. I think it does that by forcing us to look into the depths exactly. of, of like our shadow selves, of our primal fears, of um, the darkness that we don't always acknowledge. I think of myself as being comfortable in darkness, but Scorpio season always shows me, bitch, it's scary out there. You think you're tough? Yeah. You think you're tough? Let's talk about it. I completely agree with you. Even as a Scorpio, I, I consistently... Um, talk 
talk it down. Like, oh, I've got this. I've got the darkness. Except that, like, when I'm in bed, like, coughing and I can't breathe, I start thinking, I'm going to die. Who's going to come to my funeral? Uh Like, will they even care if I'm dead? What will it feel like when my dead body is discovered by my boyfriend in the morning? Jesus. Which is, like, you know, I mean, I'm histrionic (laughs) as fuck. But... (laughs) I, I, I get into this, like, really weird place where even I'm super uncomfortable with what frightens me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess ultimately it comes down to, yeah, looking into the depths, knowing what you can and cannot control, which yes. is the scariest thing in the it world. It is. Scorpios, I think, uh, are really concerned with control and power. And so I think Scorpio really? season is a little <laughs> bit of a, like... Check yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, you feel powerful? You think you understand your fears? How quaint. How quaint. How cute. Yes. You know what? Here's a situation. Deal with this. Oh, my God. Ultimately, I just come begging at the knees of darkness. Like, I'm I'm just kidding. I don't... I have... (laughs) I have no... I'm nothing. I'm no control. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. Please help me. But Scorpio (laughs) asks that of you. And I think... Scorpio people are considered to be intimidating, and I think because they have a similar effect mm. on the people around them. You yeah. think you're deep? You think you're heavy? You think you're dark? You think you're goth? Like, a Scorpio will tell you about yourself. It's true. I always think to myself, and this might sound really shitty and cocky, but I always think, like, when I see, like, National Goth Day and stuff like that on Instagram, I see these people wearing, like, all black and I'm like, bitch, in pink, in magenta, in lilac, I'm gothier than you. It's true. And you're all black. It's true, though. It's, it's true. It's like you live it, you embody it. You, Goth isn't just an aesthetic, although it very much so is, and it has its purposes in, in sort of like signaling to others that this is part of your family mm-hmm, and your community. Mm-hmm. But like, it is an at-heart thing. And there's no costume, no performance that can take you as deep and dark as being truly dark at heart. It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And we're definitely going to be talking about Scorpio tropes and yeah. Scorpio stereotypes in a little bit. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can consider yourself not spooky, don't like horror movies, don't yeah. like to wear black. But if you're a Scorpio, you have, you have some goth in you. It is built in. It's in the fibers of your being. It is in the, the marrow of your bones. There's some scary goth shit in there. Absolutely. There, there just is. It's, it's, it's truly, it, like, it rains every day in my heart. <laughs> Even during the happy times. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. So, Scorpio season, transformation is such a yeah. huge theme. It's such a huge motif. It is emblematic of the scorpion itself it's emblematic of the scorpio season it's emblematic of the scorpio meaning in in the larger zodiac we are both writers yes writing is a transformation right it's alchemy absolutely it's alchemy it takes like what's inside and you transform it to become language that exists outside of you and it becomes like a living desire i think yeah writing is to me it's like you're expressing desire and you're putting it into action um, I'm curious what you've been doing because we're both writers, right? Like you are a very professional writer. You're on your third book, City Witchery. is the most recent. You <laughs> Thanks, should check Amy. it out. <laughs> City Witchery by Lisa Marie Basile. Look it up. Um, but how is your writing yeah. working this season? Because I think there's a lot of complicated yeah. feelings around this. I want to hear. I want to hear about it. I do have a lot of complicated feelings, and I, I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it. Um, I think a lot of people 
uh, would expect me to say something like, well, I just put out my last book, and I'm really excited to write my next one, mm-hmm. and yada, yada. Um, and the truth is, like, I am, I'm in a place of blankness and, like, uh, regeneration and just pause, and mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Like, a lot of people, I just recently put a post up about creative burnout, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people have this tendency to fight it, and they're like, no, 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 this can't be it, like, I, I have to write, like, I must write, like, 3,000 words a day, or, like, I have to coax the little beast on it in some way or another, and I've, I've kind of gotten to this point where I'm like, you know what, it's not ideal, like, I probably should be doing more promotion, or I should be, like, writing a proposal or something, but I'm really enjoying just the quietness of life without tending to the writing beast like I'm living and seeing friends and eating and dancing and healing and sleeping and enjoying the season and it's you're also preparing them I'm, pre- I'm hibernating I'm preparing I'm you're just hibernating dating. you're gestating but you're like what what is the caterpillar doing in the little cocoon it's like making s- strings of cotton yeah but it's like <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know science. I, what is science? What, it's, it's, it's making wings. It's like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, you're in. You're in the Four of Swords in tarot. Like mm, yes, you're in. Yes. You're in restoration mode. Yes, but you're also in conservation mode. You're like regenerating your power so that when you are ready to rise back up, it's with like full force. Yeah. Um, and I like to think of it like that. Like, yeah. I like to think that like someone is going to die when I, like, write my next essay. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, I'm only kidding. But, um, no, I'll probably, like, ruin someone's life with, like, the next piece of writing I release, Good. which I'm really happy about. I'm excited to see who you murder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Awesome. That's, like, amazing. Here for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a slumber mode, a deep, dark, mm-hmm. underworld slumber mode. Yeah, Persephone. Yeah. Going into the underworld. Exactly. Um, which it wasn't by her choice, but... Yeah. Maybe it wasn't by yours either. I don't know. Um, it was a little bit of, like, trauma from the industry and a lot of bit of just, like, enjoying life without having to put pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. And coming, I'm, like, at that age now where I just, like, refuse to be part of the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm my own engine. So. Okay. You know. What about you? What about me? Yeah, um, what are you doing <laughs> artistically? Artistically, I guess um, at the end of Libra season, I, I ended up, I had a dream course water mm. signs i had a dream i love uh, it <laughs> oh cancer walks into the room oh they want to tell you about their dream <laughs> prepare yourselves for the most boring dream conversations ever. Oh, okay uh no at the end of libra season i had a dream and it featured the main character the protagonist of a novel that i started writing and never finished i mean like 10 years ago mm. or more i was definitely in my early 20s when i started writing this this novel which features as its protagonist uh, a witch, uh, an Italian American witch, who is not me. I know it sounds like right. uh, it's some version of me. It's not. I'm writing what I know, but in a completely different context. Um, and so I started like writing down new ideas. I, I woke up. Um, she visited me, like she came to me, wow. and was just in my dream, being herself. It wasn't that I was like. It wasn't a novel happening in front of me. I was just interacting with this character that I had invented wow. years ago and hadn't thought of. Uh, and even her name changed in the dream. She had always been Beatrice for what? this entire time. And she showed up in my dream and I was like, wait, are you Maria? And she became oh my God. Maria. But don't you have a grandmother named Maria? 
I have a, oh, wow. I do have a great-great-grandmother, Maria Mancuso. And she's a little bit striga. She was the striga. Uh, oh. I, yeah, I didn't mean for that to happen. Wow. But the character who showed up was Maria. Not great-great-grandmother, right, right, right. but Just maybe, some, maybe some inspiration from her. Yeah. Um, but in Scorpio season, I'm not actively writing this book. I'm, I'm like, thinking about it. Mm. I'm living with it. Um and I guess I'm in a gestational period as well. Maybe I'm in my four of swords with it as well. Um, I think 2022 is going to be very much focused on finishing this story. I think her story is like worthy of being told. Um, but outside of, outside of just that novel project, I have really been expressing boundaries and personal boundaries in this Scorpio season I love um, the the taste of a boundary. Even even in relation to the novel where people are like, oh, oh, you're writing a novel. What's it about? And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't get to know. No, you don't get to know. Mm, you, I love it. This is not for sharing. Right. This is my personal inner world that will eventually express itself and you'll get to see what it's about once it's happening. Yeah. Right now, it's not yours. Right. It's bubbling in my cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely it is. And I'm just like bubble, bubble, toil and trouble over here. <laughs> <laughs> working out the kinks and working out the details of it and, and like sitting with it and letting myself dream about it. Mm. But uh, my boundaries are being expressed in a really new way. I think you you were the one that even pointed it out, Lisa. Yeah. You were like, you know what you've been doing lately? You've been saying what the fuck you want. Yeah, I did, I did say that to Andy. I, she's been like really clear about what she wants, what she doesn't, what she's comfortable with, what she's not. And... I really respect it and I encourage it and I encourage it of everyone to express their boundaries and to explore their boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing it so beautifully. Thank you. And it's a big deal because it's hard to do. And I mean, like, it's the hardest thing to do. And Scorpio is all about it. The Scorpio Council is like Yas Queen. I find it fascinating because I think water signs in general struggle with boundaries because we're water. Yeah, we uh, fill. We fill. And what we are is porous. And what we are is filling a vessel that is presented to us. And Cancer and Pisces are particularly known for being so empathetic to the energies around them that they sort of lose themselves in it. Yeah. And Scorpios are the water sign who understand barriers, who understand boundaries, and who have the same amount, if not more, of emotional depth, but are able to, like, separate. And so mm. for Scorpio season, I think I'm, like, learning how to do that. I think Scorpio inspires everybody to guard themselves a little bit more. Oh, I love it. And to protect what's important to them. I mean, uh, and wow. to and to state it in in stand in their power in that. Oh, it's. I'm glad that that's what you take away from Scorpio season, and I'm glad that you're embodying that. I mean, like Scorpio's like <laughs> Cancer's big sister, and we're like, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I think that like all the water signs have something to offer each other in a big way. Mm-hmm. I think that Scorpio is just particularly adept at. Well, we get shit for it all the time, but I guess we'll get into that with like talking about Scorpio tropes and all that but I think a lot of people see the Scorpio as like just being cold and aloof mm-hmm. when it's really it. it's just like I know what I want I'm not engaging here and like you're boring me like you're a boring person and I don't want any yeah. part of it no I'm just <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> I don't want your boringness and we're gonna get more into like the cancer Scorpio love fest because it's such a real thing oh, for yeah. us such a big deal but I think that Scorpios are really helpful to cancers in that exact way in yeah. that exact, like, you own your power, like, you know what's going on. But I think in the reverse, oh. I think cancers can see through Scorpio's boundaries. Yeah. I think we watch you guys put up walls, and mm-hmm. we're like, I know exactly where that's coming from. Totally. I know exactly what you're protecting. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're hiding behind, because I have those instincts, but I'm not as capable of seeing them through. 
Um, so I think there's like a really lovely balance of vulnerability. It's like between you, you make us feel seen and um, not um, uh, embarrassed by it, mm-hmm. which. I mean, any Scorpio would, like, fall into a puddle if, like, they were truly seen for who they are by anyone else. But Cancer is, like, it feels it feels safe. Mm-hmm. The rest of you guys can fuck yourselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was trying to segue into our next part, which is I was going to ask you what it's like being a Scorpio son and how you relate to that. But you are already... <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing is what it's like. <laughs> So, like, one of the things we talk about on this, on this show, show, that's we, it. It's our show. Our conversations Our multi-million dollar Hulu deal. <laughs> our contracted. <laughs> oh, oh, my wow. God. We, like, hold this thing together with, like, scotch tape and hope. Basically. Basically. <laughs> I mean, the, literally, the phone is on top of a mason jar. Yeah. And our table is, like, filled with, like, cups and garbage. I have 18 beverages in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like a bottle of Advil, a weed grinder. It's very Fernet, professional. Wine, coffee, <laughs> a random debit card, several waters, a book called Death Poems, <laughs> and the little book of Cottagecore, <laughs> and and appropriately a book called The Unkindness of Ravens. That's a beautiful. book of collective nouns. Damn. Yeah. So when we saw those birds before, it was the what of what? It was a murmuration right. of like starlings or something. Love it. But. It wasn't an unkindness of ravens, but I kind of wish it was now. I know. Well, I mean, what is more Scorpio than unkindness of ravens? <laughs> a parliament of crows? That's my, like, identity. An unkindness of ravens. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. So, like, okay, sun signs, right? We have these, mm. these natal charts. We have our big three. We have our sun, moon, rising. We have all the Mercury, Venus, all those placements, right? But our sun sign is, like what it all filters through. It's like the distillation of everything. It is. It's the ego. Because the sun is the center of the universe, so the sun is the ego of our charts. And your sun sign is in Scorpio. Not everyone feels completely connected to what their sun sign is, usually because they're influenced by so many other parts of their chart. And life. And life. And like, you know, nature versus nurture. And not everybody connects with it. But you do feel Scorpio. Mm. And I would like you to talk about what it feels like to embody the Scorpio sun sign themes motifs meanings symbols what is it how do you feel about being a scorpio lisa because you are to me emblematic oh well thank you (laughs) um it's such a good question i could like take a long time to write a a paper about this or something you you, instead you've written like 17 books of poetry about it that's Accurate. Just yes. put them all together. It counts as an essay. You're right. Just publish true. it. Like Scorpio. Journal of Medicine. Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> Done. 20,000 poems. This is scientifically fucking like. accurate. <laughs> Every single poem's the same. That's the, that's the secret. They're all about the sea. And that's it. Just the sea and sorrow. And moon. The yeah. moon. And the moon sometimes. And that's and like sex. And sex. Yeah. Um, so, so how do I feel about being Scorpio? Um... <laughs> I like really am resisting saying something stupid right now. Okay, let me let me ask you. Let me start from the beginning. Yeah. When did you re- when did you find out that you were a Scorpio? It's and a- when did you find out what that meant? Yeah. So okay, I I guess to be honest with you, I mean I've always been interested in astrology ever since I was a little teenager. But you know, at that age, my brain and what was important in my life wasn't necessarily astrology or 
very many other spiritual things, even though I was always interested. I think it was my mid-20s once I realized um, that I cared about astrology, that it made sense to me, and that... Um, do you want some more wine? I always want more wine. Am I awake? I want more wine. I think I've said that on this show before. It's my line. It's my line. <laughs> that would be like your little wood design like that you hang up on your wall. Oh, my God. It, my live, laugh, love would be yeah, like, do you want more wine? Am right. I awake? It's yeah. wine o'clock. Oh. oh, God, no. But, I mean, If you... I ever have it's a wine o'clock sign in my house, <laughs> you're allowed to slap me. You're allowed to slap the sign off the wall, look at me, and slap me across the face. No, thank you for okay. being my Scorpio friend. All right. That's, that's very fair. <laughs> so, you were a teen. Little, little baby Lisa. Yeah, so I was like, mid, little baby witch. Little baby Lisa. Mid, mid-20s, I'd say. Um, when I realized, you know, this this description of Scorpio is incredibly accurate. Um, and I always, I've always felt very separate from others. I've always felt very, like I'm hanging back, like I'm a shadow, like I'm observing rather than participating. And I've always thought that this is a flaw, something I had to cure. Like, if only I found the right people, the right context, the right situation, maybe a medicine, maybe like I have a mental illness and I'm, I'm not managing it correctly, which has always felt very outside of my life. Um, and so for a long time, it was like seeking a cure. And then when I started really understanding the Scorpio archetype, I started realizing that standing back and watching and calculating and um, translating other people's feelings and the mood and the hue and the tone of the world felt not like a disease or like a burden, but like a gift and like a um, magic power that enabled me to find the things that felt really true and really real, allowed me to go deep with people and situations and art and myself, rather than just enter in at any entrance point. It was like this ability to enter from the back door and see everything exactly as I needed and that was meaningful and potent and real rather than have to find my way around the superficial and the bullshit and the nonsense and the emptiness and the and the the surface mm-hmm. and so I feel like Scorpio has given me this power to live a really rich life where I find the right friends the right art the right ways of communicating the right sex the right love um and even though it's not always easy and I do always feel like kind of a weirdo and an outsider, <laughs> I do feel very alive. So that's Scorpio, I guess, to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry that that wasn't more funny. I guess that's You don't just have to be funny. That's, I, 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 I like wish I had a funny like quip, but. I mean, you can follow it up with some like dumb punchline, but you don't like, need I am to. A, I am a bitch. Well, <laughs> yes. I'm a huge but bitch. You're like too. a sacred bitch. You're like a holy bitch. You're like a bitch professionally and sacredly and spiritually. Oh my god, I love it. Holy bitch. Yeah, you're a holy bitch. I fuck thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Like you said it like my mom or something. You're like, you're a holy bitch, honey. Like don't yeah, worry. I, I meant it with love. Oh my god, I felt that. Like in my heart. <laughs> so I mean this is loaded and very biased, and I don't care because it's our show that you're listening to. So, I mean, like, why are you even here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, slash agree, that Scorpio is the deepest sign of the 12 signs? Or do you think there's somebody else out there who plummets the depths more than Scorpio? I mean, I know every time I say, yes, I think Scorpio is the deepest, someone's going to come out of some crevice and be like, it's Pisces. Well, let them. But I don't agree. I don't agree that it's Pisces. Um, I agree that I agree with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like that's 
healthy. I feel like you should agree with yourself. I think um, that's the opposite of cognitive dissonance. I think it's a good thing to agree I with do. yourself. I mean, even if I were in a Scorpio, I'd be like, it's Scorpio. Um, but I think a lot of signs are really deep and amazing and beautiful. But I do think Scorpio is like... It's both a burden and a curse in some ways. I, I think you guys get accused of intensity in a way that, like, I mean, Capricorn gets accused of it too, for sure. For I think sure. probably Aries gets accused of intensity. And they are, like, they are intense signs. So intense. They're intense placements. So intense. Um, and Scorpio, we've talked about this, like, okay, so Scorpio is a water sign, but of Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, Scorpio is kind of the fire sign of the water sign. Yes, like, yes, they, yes. we all have, we, we've talked about this, the elements yes. all have their sort of mixes and matches. And Scorpio is the fieriest of the water signs. Yeah. Um, you, you guys are deep. Like, yes. You are intense. Yes, we are. Where does that come from? Um, I think it's like a natural self-protection strategy because I think we expect a lot from the world. Mm -hmm. We demand a lot because we have so much to give. And I think the world consistently lets us down. Not that it means to. It's just because the world is flawed. But Scorpio wants so much that I think every little crack and fracture is like a fucking sin in our eyes. And so I think like that intensity comes from just like stealing ourselves against this like flawed reality okay okay um, that's one way why why the depths do you think because i think it's just a lot safer to get to the truth quicker mm. because otherwise why waste all that time it might hurt drilling down gradually just I, get there quickly yeah. i every time a scorpio interacts <laughs> with me they get right to the quick they yeah. like cut to the quick immediately yeah. as a cancer as a fellow water sign i fucking love it it's you catnip it. i'm like oh my god did you just ask me like my <laughs> deepest darkest secret so what happened in your childhood right you know and i'm like i just met you <laughs> other people are so like a leo a gemini a virgo they yeah. look at me and they're like bitch what are you talking about or they'd about? make a joke yeah you, they'd make a joke or they'd laugh yeah. it off or they'd have a quip right. and a cancer's like i'm ready to tell you the can- i've been oh waiting for someone to ask me that i love it the cancer sitting at the table is like I have something to add, and I'm like, I love that. Thank you. I love that. I love that for us. Cancer's like, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone feeling that way. No. Here's where I'm swimming in the depths, but I'm, like, trying to be nice about it all the goddamn Meanwhile, time. Libra's like, you want to get a Manny? And I'm like, no, I don't. I, like, want to know what your trauma is. And Sag is like, but do you want to know my philosophy on socialism? And you're like, no. I don't. <laughs> Fuck. Like, just tell me your pain. Give me your wound. <laughs> Give me your wound. We're going to go back to that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not letting that one go. But, okay. But there there are, like, we talk about this, too, on the show on a regular basis. Like, the tropes and generalizations of every sign. And, like, Scorpio is just sex and death. Yeah. Every meme on the internet that exists about Scorpio has to do with intensity, magnetism, wearing black, sex, and death. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> But that's not all there is to it. No. They're generalizations for a reason. Yeah. What do you say to the Scorpios out there who are like, I don't feel spooky. I don't I don't feel intense. I don't feel like I'm always like trying to fuck everything, which first of all is such a misunderstanding mm. of sex in Scorpio. Scorpio's not trying to get laid because they're horny all the time. No. Scorpio fucks to control. <laughs> yes. You like hit the nail on the and head. power. Exactly. And 
understand and also use it, it, they use it transformationally it's a totally different a reason for wanting to get laid and you're like you hit the nail on the head yeah it's perfect this is why cancer cancers are so in love with Scorpios. i know like you guys are stands <laughs> we do we do <laughs> cancer is like the stan account for scorpio and we're like oh we find out it's cancer who runs the account we're like that tracks <laughs> And us, and vice versa. I don't think vice it's. Versa. I don't think it's vice versa. I mean, I we will never have a stan account because we our egos won't allow re- us. Refuse. But like, refuse. if we did, it would be for you guys. I don't think that's true. I think it would be for like Capricorn or somebody. Oh no, Capricorn is too close a second. We can't give them. <laughs> it's too competitive. Yeah, it's too much. It's, it's our competitor. Yeah, yeah. Like you if can't we're ever targeting the their power. Walmart, you can't give them the power. No, never. Like we're targeting their Walmart. <laughs> we're Zara and their H and M. Like, I'm not going to give you my fucking, no. And you have two of those as your big three. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. You are concerned with power, aren't you? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we're trying to talk about Scorpios who don't, who don't feel these things in these same ways. Yeah. They don't translate. Yeah. They don't, um, they might maybe be expressing these things, but they're speaking a different language in it. Yeah. What are the, who are the Scorpios who don't fall in the sex and death categories, because I feel like I know some of, not a lot. Yeah, I know, I know them. Right, not many, but no. <laughs> Truly, I actually have a theory. I have a theory about this. I was talking with my friend Bonnie and our friend Jackson. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jackson, who I had this conversation with, um, and he brought up a really interesting point to me about. I, I don't remember exactly the point about this, but it, re, it was about sex and Scorpio. Um, So with regards to the Scorpios, like myself, I consider myself just a little bit prudish in terms of like listening to stories about sex. Like I'm not very um, necessarily open sometimes, but my body language is otherwise. So I don't mind dressing sex sexually. I don't mind like being very overtly flirtatious and sexual. Like if Mm -hmm. you see my Instagram, you'll see like I sexualize myself. I can objectify myself, Mm -hmm. but I have boundaries when it comes to being... um, effusive about sex and I think that's also power though it's also power you're fine when you're expressing it exactly. in the way that you feel comfortable with it but the second somebody comes and tries to ask for an explanation or tries to put something on you or assume something about it you're like excuse me yeah I wasn't talking to you I wasn't talking to you it's literally for myself and um also there is some power elements there because I mean I think the Scorpio understands like sexual sexuality and sensuality and attraction is a form of power and currency and some people might call that wrong slutty etc etc manipulative I think the Scorpio considers it something really natural but anyway back to like Scorpios who don't feel spooky or necessarily like slutty or sexual or whatever people want to put on us um, and I use slutty as a very positive word, by the way. Yeah, we're, we are very pro-slut. Yeah, very pro-slut, very sex positive. Um, I think it's it comes down to being open, full, and whole in understanding that these are just parts of life and there's no sin or wrongness attached to sex or death. They're natural, and like a Leo, instead of being cocky and performative, they're at best like very just all about like self love and encouraging others. Scorpio is very much encouraging sex positivity, sexual exploration, sexual truth, and the realities of death and afterlife and grief. So I think it's like we're giving permission to be a body, we're giving permission to hold our multitudes of sexuality and desire. 
we're giving permission to explore death and darkness and loss and grief rather than being like, I'm horny, I want to fuck, or like, I love death because it's spooky. It's like, no. no, these are just facts, and it's okay. It's more than that to me. Coming from a, a Cancer Stan who is not a Scorpio, I think Scorpio is concerned with sex and death because they're, they're the biggest, most important moments in our lifetimes. Mm. I think they're concerned with birth, mm. uh, transformation, sex, and death because they're all parts of the same thing. I they think are all parts. It's of the part same of the Scorpio thing. intensity and depth. They're always thinking about the larger meaning of things. They're always concerned with the next life, the past life, yeah. how we're getting there, how we're concerned in mm. like moving through the world. Yeah. And I think that like sex and death are stages that represent the same things. So mm. I, it's not horniness, and it's no. not about picking people up, and it's not about flirtation. It's about just. It being like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit of reality. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Scorpio. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's all I part do. of the same, like, spirit, uh, this invisible spirit, which is, like, the body as decay, the body as pleasure, the body as love, the body as sin, the body as darkness, and the body as light. It's all one, and all can be accessed through fucking and through Absolutely. grief. And it's the same love. question. Yeah. It's the same question being answered. So when you're when you're intensely asking somebody about their deepest fears, that's the same thing as fucking for a Scorpio. Yes. It's the same question. Yes. And you're approaching it through different means to get the answers that you need. You deeply need to understand the depths and darkness of other people, and you touch upon that through birth, regeneration, sex, and death to me. 100%. When I have sex, it is almost... I will say this, and I can't believe I'm about to say this on air. Oh, my. Yeah, this is actually something I probably shouldn't admit, but, like, when I have sex, it's rarely about orgasm. It's almost always about a deeper penetration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. not just... uh, It's really about, like, accessing the core of another person. Mm -hmm. Yes, that can be manipulative, and it could be like, let me burrow myself under your skin so that I can control you from afar. Mm-hmm. Or it could also just be about like, let me love you as deeply and as wholly as I can and as closely as I can. And let me read you, let me sense you, let me smell you. Um, but I can't, I can't really remember a time when like, I mean, Aries, like Aries wants to come. <laughs> like, <laughs> like immediately though. I'm, yeah, exactly. Aries like, is like, oh my God, I yeah. just had such a good three second conversation yeah. with you. <laughs> Let me nut on your face. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not. <laughs> but, like, I'm not about that. <laughs> All right. We didn't t- discuss this beforehand, but let's talk about, just briefly, because it's a Scorpio episode, I yeah. wouldn't ask this of any other signs episode, what are the signs that want to fuck the most? <laughs> <laughs> Only you are qualified to answer. I don't Only know. you. I don't know. Yes, you do. Um... I think that you're qualified to answer Why? as well. I as just, a cancer? No. I think that you are. I think that you're qualified. All right. Well, I'm going to say Aries to start. For sure, Aries. We know Aries. Because <laughs> who wants to fuck? I think an Aries wants to fuck. I think um, a Capricorn wants to fuck. I think a Gemini wants to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who's DTF? <laughs> Ask um, a Scorpio. Oh, God. Uh, probably, like, a Leo. A Leo wants to get fucked. Or That's maybe different. they want to fuck. I think they want to get fucked. I they want to get different. fucked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gemini, Cap, Aries. Um, let me think here. Um, 
maybe like a, maybe like a Taurus with like a really like four hour ridiculous session. Oh, I think Tauruses are deeply like they're tr- they're trying to like have a big making love session, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which grosses Venus. me out. They're Venus and yeah. Earth. Like, yeah. It's Venus and Earth combined. Or you can't, yeah, that grosses you out. You're hilarious. I hate making, how's that gross I hate you out? Making love. You're. <laughs> Let me extract your power and get out of the room. <laughs> I don't have time for all that shit. <laughs> No, the thing is, you want everyone else's intimacy. You just don't want to give it of yourselves. Never. Oh, God, I would kill myself. (laughs) Again, so fucking Scorpio. Okay, all right. I think it's fair to now explain that, so every sign has a tarot card. Yes. That correlates, yes, right? Yes, So as a Cancer, I'm a chariot, which is like... Which is my favorite card. It's such a weird card. I love that card. It's like, you're going on a journey. Maybe it's spiritual. It's like such a... But I ultimately see the chariot as like, uh, as like, you are winning. You're like going uphill. It is about determination. Yeah. It is about like willpower. Yeah. You know, being the master of your chariot. And there's just something beautiful about a horse. (laughs) You know what I mean? There is. I love a horse. It's power. I love a horse. Literally horsepower. Come on, girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I never understood horsepower and cars. And then I looked it up. Yeah. How many horses? How many? Which is so mean. We measure cars in horses. Which is so fucking mean. Yeah. By the way, making horses, like, run really fast. Well, they're they're such a work animal. I know. It's so sad. Okay, so Cancer's a chariot. Scorpio's card is another major arcana (laughs) card, and it's death. Weird surprise, surprise. It's the death card. But what happens when you pull death in tarot? Like, what does that signify? I mean, every time I pull death, it's usually, like, a very good thing. Yeah. and It's transformative. Yeah. But it it is the death of something. It is. It's the ending of something. It's like a, hey, usually it's like a, hey, get prepared. You're Mm going to have to, like figure something big out yeah but ultimately i do believe it always comes out like in your favor you just have to get through the tunnel you do yeah the only way out is through yeah i mean it's like it's almost a joke scorpio being the death card it's i mean but it is you know it is what it is we are i guess it is our trope it's the breaking down it's the ending yeah but what it like what it ultimately means is that something new is coming right that something new is forming like, the old skin has been sloughed off, and you are you are naked and reborn. Yeah, and that's the thing about Scorpio. There will always be a next. Yeah. And I love that. I think regeneration is really... I think we talk about death. I think we talk about sex. I think it's all... Everything we're saying is just a euphemism for regeneration. I completely agree with you. Scorpios are, like, shedding their snake skin. Yeah, they don't the stop snakes at death. were used to be a symbol for Scorpio. Eagles, snakes... All the, like, really fucking badass animals <laughs> at some point have, have uh, represented Scorpio in the astrology worlds throughout the universe, uh, throughout the, ga- not the galaxy, not the universe, the globe. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, I love the I love Alcohol the makes galaxy. me get a little big. The galaxy, like, the you galaxy. sound like you're John Luke Picard. <laughs> I love it. Throughout all the galaxies, through all the times, Scorpio has been represented. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. But the snake is such a, it is absolutely emblematic of the Scorpio sign. I think all of it. Mm. I think everything you guys are up to. Oh my God, it's so delicious. Everything you're getting at. We tempted Eve. Yes. We did. It's for newness. It's for breaking down to get to the truth of things. Because when you regenerate, you're new and you're fresh and you're honest. Right. Oh my God, it's so true. We have the most badass animals. Think about it. Mm -hmm. The snake coming into the garden 
Is that not a symbol of freshness and regeneration? Mm-hmm. Taking out the stuffy old this guy's fucking rules and replacing it with like a fucking lovely pleasure cave where like <laughs> the rest of the world lives in sin. I love it. But it's also knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's knowledge. It was also very much like, don't you want to know? I mean, how could You've that be You've been placed wrong? here and you're just wandering around. Don't you? Aren't you curious? Like you'll take a painful period so it's, you can bite from the knowledge, the tree of knowledge. The snake offered power. Yes. That exactly. is it. And the, the, the whole fucking basis of patriarchy... Exactly. ...is that the Rooted woman was tempted by the power and took it. Fuck that, first of all. Like, fuck all of it. But that snake was a Scorpio. But the thing is, we do have the power. <laughs> yes. The thing is, we do... They just, like, try to fucking condemn us for it forever. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying. It's, terrifying it's when home. women have power. The snake is very emblematic of the Scorpio. Regeneration, to me, is the crux it is the it is the purpose of Scorpio, and I love that about it. I love how deeply they take you on a journey to your depths to stare them in the eyes and say, what does that mean to you? Where do you go from here? Now that I've taken you down as far as you can possibly go, yeah. what's your next step? Yeah. The only step is to start over in a new way. It's so in true. In an honest and vulnerable way. It's so true. And may I just say one really terrible thing and then I will let... I want you to say every terrible thing. Okay, then one terrible thing that I'll let you guys know. After I, I like waxed poetic about Scorpio and I mean all of those things, but let me just say like one nasty Scorpio thing because mm-hmm. I have to. Like I'm obliged by my contract. Yes. Scorpio finds, because we regenerate, we recover from trauma. I mean, I don't mean like we recover from trauma as in trauma doesn't bother us anymore. But we find a way to live with it. We find a way to live with the shadow, live with the pain, turn the pain into something else. And if we can't turn it into something useful, at least we find a way to manage it. Scorpio finds, and I, I, I feel like maybe, maybe I'm, maybe, I, think, I think I can talk on behalf of Scorpios here. We find it very annoying when people aren't able to, let me put this nicely. Mm-hmm. Don't put it nicely. You said you wanted to say something. Okay. When people can't like, when people are so fucking whiny and martyr-ish mm-hmm. about their pain and their trauma and that they can't like find a way to use it, to use it and to, to use it for others. Like, if you're going to be in pain and you're going to have suffered something and you're going to have gone through this terrible darkness, uh, dark night of your life from childhood or whenever, like, if you can't try to make the world a better place from it, either through empathy, through action, through advocacy, like, then what the fuck are you doing? I find it very, very grating on my soul when I see people who just live in a bathtub of their own self-wallowing and don't turn it into something else. Uh, Scorpio doesn't respect that. We don't. And, and I Scorpio's don't. respect is kind of everything. And I, like, know that that's really, really, really mean. But, like, if you were my therapist or my diary, I would say these very words and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be apologetic about it. And it's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> I, um, I was talking to you about this earlier. I was watching the documentary series, the mini documentary series, Explained, and they have the episode on apologies. And I... I stopped dead in my tracks when I heard this about apologies and like about, you know, when we hurt others and how people are dealing with that hurt. And it was that the the opposite of trauma is not healing. Mm. We think it is. So we think that we can we can solve trauma by healing. It's not. The opposite of trauma is not healing. The opposite of trauma is power. That's how we actually get past things. And Scorpios understand that at the core of their being. 
And I mm. think that's why I embrace. Mm. I embrace Scorpio. You guys are powerful, but you earn your power through transformation, through pain, through doing your own healing, through owning. Yeah. And, and, and I, that's, I think it's hard for you guys to respect people who can't. <laughs> And it's not necessarily get there with you, fair. which isn't fair at all. It's not fair. It's, not fair. it's, it's judgmental. Not. It is. We are judgmental. <laughs> it's though. a little bullying. It's very mean. But yeah, it's also coming from a place of of self respect and of wanting other people to get that self respect for themselves. Agreed. And uh, like, that's that's the thing about Scorpio is like we can be very abrasive and cold, and that's where that like that that um, it comes from. But I mean, like, and and like I fully recognize that not everyone is equipped. Not everyone has not. the same resiliency factor. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How do Scorpios deal with bullies? I mean, in my case, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get really, really hurt by them. And then you find, like, a 15-year campaign to ruin their life. <laughs> um, you develop it over, over you many... You keep all those receipts. Yeah. You guys are receipt keepers. Oh, my God. I've, I've done horrible things to my bullies decades later. Um, really horrible things. And... I'm not proud of that, but I no, it kind of should be. It, it deeply hurts. Yeah, we do feel things, and then we like exact revenge like a lot later on. It's a quiet and sneaky revenge, but ultimately, the truth is that's like a silly answer. But the truth is, like we tr- turn that pain into helping others. I think, like if you've been bullied for a certain reason, like you take all that anger and sorrow, and you mm-hmm. say, like I'm never letting someone else get hurt like this again. Mm-hmm. It's just not okay. And try to protect other people. So this is one of the things that I most admire about Scorpio. And I love your... I, I'm going to call it harshness, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in like, you guys are fucking real. You, you will say it like it is. You will get people... You will break people down so that they can build themselves back up. This is such a love session, by the way. Like, you're the only one. Everyone's going to be like, this is like a weird um, propaganda episode about Scorpio. And everyone's going to be like, we hate Scorpio. Like, this one girl, Andy, really likes them. <laughs> I'm a cancer and cancers love Scorpios. <laughs> Thank you. Cancers are hoes for Scorpios. That is like all there is to it. That is all there is to That's it. That's my favorite. <laughs> okay, so, okay. I appreciate the Scorpio mindset. Where When Scorpio shows up in other placements, when we're talking about not the sun sign. Yes. Right? So that, like, that need to hit the depths. Yeah really matters in other placements so scorpio moons you andy has this amazing theory we were driving back from salem one day on a little witchy trip and andy started guessing certain um performers like moon signs and Mm -hmm. kept figuring like they're in scorpio and they're these incredibly powerful performers so andy has this whole theory on like moon and scorpio people yes and you're amazing and you're correct (laughs) it started because i I forget what, I, we, we, we were listening to something. I don't know where it came up, but I was like, Beyonce. You were listening to, like, Lemonade. Yeah, we were listening to Lemonade, and I was like, this is such a Scorpio album. She's an emblematic Virgo. And I was like, she has to have a Scorpio moon. Somebody that can touch upon those feelings and, like, face those darknesses and come out with something for everyone mm. to feel about it. She, oh, it, it was so Scorpio Moon, and I was right. And I didn't know that. It was a guess. Yeah, and you were right. And it was one of the foundations of forming Astrolushes, because we had that conversation that just went on and on and on about, like, moon placements. I think the Scorpio Moon placement is one of, like, I'm okay, I'm tipsy, but I'm serious. <laughs> it's so sacred. It is, like, the placement for artists, witches, oh. 
It feeds everything like such a nice, like fertilizing soil. And I'm gonna get a little woo woo. We've talked about this before, but we've talked about how, like, one of the theories of moon signs is sort of the knowledge that we come born into the world with. Like, we Mm. carry it in with us. Yeah. And so the Scorpio moon, I think, brings, oh, it brings witchcraft, it brings magic, it Mm. brings shamanism, it brings the depths and the dark nights of the soul Mm. with it. And so, so many Scorpio moons end up expressing that through art, expressing that through magic, expressing that through darkness that shows itself. Uh, And I feel like one of the things that I can place in this world, one of the things that I, you know, like my little astrology guessing game (laughs) is that I can spot a Scorpio moon from a hundred fucking paces. You literally can though. And you've done it multiple times. I have. And it's such a delicious placement. (laughs) It's, it is delicious. It's the only word for it. It is. We have a friend, it's Dane. Yeah. Scorpio moon. And Adjua. And Adjua. And Adjua. Wow. Yeah. She's Cancer Sun, Sag Rising, Scorpio Moon. And Dane is Gemini Sun, Leo Rising, Scorpio Moon. And the two of them? Brilliant, dark, deep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Poetic. Yeah. Surprising sometimes in yeah. like the things that they can produce for you yeah. like the realizations they can help you come to or just like the offhanded comment that they make that they is just conversational to them and you're like did you just ruin my entire fucking life <laughs> with the one phrase did you really just but do you that did, to me though but you did scorpio moon scorpio moon it's so powerful it's it's just like a it's like a toxic little flower growing in the garden and it's like it just it beautifies and like is a little bit eviscerating and is just brilliant and, and unafraid to to plummet Mm -hmm. I love that. I do too. What a good... I'm almost jealous. I am too. I have a Pisces moon and I'm happy that I have a water moon because it's the best moon. Sorry. No, and I have a Cancer moon and I love her. Because we're the best. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Water moons are just more emotional and... You're not joking. We are the best. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that we're biased. We are... Everybody's biased. No, we're biased. We like water signs the best, okay? So everyone can go away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only kidding. Totally joking. That's not true, actually. It's not big true. Three. Big it's three. Big three. Big three. Scorpio rising. Oh, I don't know that many Scorpio rising. I don't either. Because I feel like they'd be fucking terrifying. Absolutely. They'd walk through, like, the halls with, like, a like a scissor in their <laughs> Like, Edward Scissorhands. Like just, a like, scythe. Like, killing <laughs> you. Like, who did we just find out recently? Might be, might be, and probably is a Scorpio rising. I feel like there's somebody important here. We found out that Taylor Swift might be a Scorpio rising. And I know you might not know this. Maybe we've talked about it, but Lisa's obsession. <laughs> you don't understand. She doesn't love Taylor Swift. In her mind, she is married to Taylor Swift. Yeah. They are wives. I'm both like married to her and I am her. Yes. It's this weird monster that I've like <laughs> just grown inside of me. <laughs> and Taylor, as as we all know who are listening to this uh, in, in, in the right time, like not in the right time, when we released it, excuse right, me. Right, Alcohol. <laughs> Alcohol. She re-released Red yeah. in Scorpio season yeah. yesterday. Which is a really wild move. Power like, move. Like, she, this girl, like, she doesn't own the, the rights to the masters of her music. So, as she explained on some show last night, most artists don't own their music. And she went on this, some asshole, Scooter Braun, like, sold the rights to her music to someone behind her back. Mm-hmm. And so she 
re-recorded all of her albums in in some bid to just own all of her music again but nobody does that and 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 changed them and added to them yeah and brought back her voice that kind of got cut out by other people's decisions on those albums it is the most power move yeah and she's apparently got a rising scorpio and a scorpio midheaven which is Mm -hmm. like all about your career and longevity and a cancer moon and a cancer moon sagittarius sun we should have started there sagittarius sun yeah which I think is really totally. apparent. Like, have you seen that girl perform on stage? Sag. Like, yeah. Love it. She does it. Scorpio rising, Cancer moon. Like. Oh my God. Like. Like everyone gave Taylor so much shit for like a decade writing about these men and how they broke her heart. But what she ended up doing over time was airing their dirty, nasty ass laundry. These older men yep. fucking a younger girl, fucking girls over being pieces of human fucking garbage. And she's like, I gave you all of this bullshit to everyone. So like, they might see me as the girl who cries, but really in reality, Jake Gyllenhaal, you're a fucking asshole. And now everyone knows it. Why was no one talking about the men who dated her? So she dated all these famous men and it was like, Taylor can't keep a boyfriend. She just runs through men. And it's like, what about them? What about Harry Styles? What about Jake Gyllenhaal? John Mayer. What about John Mayer? What about Ed Sheeran? I mean, I like these guys. No, I'm not... she didn't date Ed Sheeran. Oh, I thought she did. No, no, they're just friends. She's, you're the Taylor stan. I'm not, so I apologize. It's true. They should date because he's a smushy boy. Yeah, they and should I love probably him. Like, be married. But They should. But, um, but he's not like sh- good looking enough for her. No, <laughs> I think he's good looking. Well, she's a Sag, so she needs a pretty She needs partner. a boy that looks just like her. Yeah. Basically. Yes, like a does. hot, tall, blonde guy. <laughs> so I apologize that I did not know her entire dating life. My only point was that she got so much shit for like, why does she run through so many guys? And it was like, who are these guys running through her? Exactly. Why well, is it never presented that way? Also, I'm sorry. If I'm a musician and I'm living and working in Hollywood mm-hmm. and all of these men and humans and people are around me, if I were her. I'm going to fucking date them. Also, she was 18 to like 23 while this was happening. Can you imagine if your dating life from ages 18 to 23 and you were famous and hot and was on like blast to people? I mean, I had sex with at least 20 people from 18 to 23. I had sex with a thousand people in those years. Exactly. And none of them were good decisions. No. None of them were good decisions. Yeah. I just wasn't like under the world's radar. Yeah. Just imagine yourself being under scrutiny. Anyway, so we found out that she's possibly Scorpio rising. We feel this is... Important information. It is. <laughs> so Taylor Swift, like, thinking about Taylor Swift's, like, oeuvre. I wanted to ask you. I yeah. really wanted to ask you about the oeuvre. So yeah. she re-released Red mm-hmm. in Scorpio season. Yeah. She's not a Scorpio. She's a Sagittarius. She's redoing all these albums. I would love to hear you as, like, the, the ultimate Taylor Swift knowledgeable fan. Tell me about what albums you think are what signs, maybe, for her in the stages of her career. Okay. I have theories. I think that's a great question. I've been asking you for this. I love it. I love talking about Taylor Swift. Um, I, for a long time, I've thought her Reputation album was a Scorpio album. And if any of you have listened to Reputation, you'll know that it's the album that um, she put out like right around the time when Kim Kardashian and Kanye West um, like leaked a phone call with Taylor Swift where she asked permission from Kanye to release a song about her. Apparently it was very doctored, it was very manipulated, and the truth came out later on that they actually like didn't particularly get the permission they required from Taylor, and that they cut bits and pieces out and made her look like she was lying, made her look like she got on the phone and said yes and then reneged and on back, it later. backed off of it, yeah. Right. And it, it, it gave her a shitty reputation for a while, and everyone kept saying she's the girl who cries wolf, she's the victim mentality. And for some, you know, you know, she is young. She may have made mistakes in her life. She may have been 
um, not an ideal sort of person for a while there. And I think everyone should be given the humanity to make mistakes and grow up from them. Mm -hmm. And we don't know the whole story because we're just peasants and they are in Hollywood. But... (laughs) I think, like, with that album, she came back and was like, first of all, I have the receipts. Like, you don't actually know the truth. Secondly, I'm going to write all these songs about everyone and air their dirty laundry. And thirdly, I'm not going to answer any questions about it. She did no press about that album. She's like, I'm not here for your questions. I'm not here to clarify. Everything you need to know is on the album, and that is that. Truth came to light eventually, as it always does. And it turns out Taylor was actually right the entire time. And holding, she was standing there holding the receipts. Literally holding the receipts. And I feel like, Heather, if you're listening to this episode, you were playing Reputation on our trip to Denver. And I was like, I can't deal with this, like, rap-spoken album. Oh, my God, it's cringe. I can't, it was a cringe cringe. She was like, I like this album. And I was like, I can't do it. It's absolutely cringe. And now I'm here talking to you about it. And I'm like, God damn it, of course, I should like the Scorpio album. Maybe I need to go back. No, but it's not, it's not good. Like, I'm a Scorpio and it's not good. It's not a good album. <laughs> it's just the the context of the album is is great, and I give her props. But like, it's not a good album. Um, the, like, Reputation and Lover, you guys can just like kind of like bop around a few songs, but mostly they're skips. But Folklore, Nevermore, and Red and Fearless are great. Well, so talk, talk to me about their signs then. Okay, so I think um, I think Red is a very autumn album. I think it might be like Libra romance. I think it could be like. All those heavy feelings. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Maybe it's like... I feel like Lover is very Libra. Lover is very Libra. Red is... Mm. Red is like... Is it Sag? Is it Sag with, like, feelings involved? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't... Um... Okay. We'll come back to it. It's a hard one. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Fearless. I'm not sure what Fearless is. I I, I don't know. Leo? Yeah, something like that. Some sort of little fiery thing. Folklore. Folklore. I think folklore is like Taurus. It feels very earthy. It's very earthy. It feels very earthy. I want to say water, but it's not. I think it's earthy. I think Taurus, I think Evermore is water. Might be watery. I think folklore is earth. I think Evermore is water. I think Evermore could be like... Cancer. Cancer. Yeah. I think it might be cancer. I think it might be cancer. Think about it. She's got a song to her grandma in there, Marjorie. And it's like... I cannot. I can't. I cannot. Every time I listen to that song, I'm weeping. I know. I can't. Weeping. Either. Especially since she plays the sounds of her grandma's I cry. I know. She like... And her operatic voice <sighs> coming through. I will listen to that song on the subway and I'm honestly like, I'm fine. No, I'm, I'm fine. No, I'm not going to cry. You're not fine. I, I can do this. You're not It's fine. such a pretty song. Why would you I do that? I love it. And I do it, and every time I'm crying on the train, I'm, like, covering it up, and, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't actually let people see me cry because I'm too proud for that. But Marjorie, oh, God. that's a water album. Oh, it's so watery. And for anyone who doesn't live in New York City, you should know that New York subways are a great place to cry. Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> it's kind of, like, safer for me to cry there than it is, like, at home. At wor- yeah. I never cry at work. Work will right. never see me cry. Um, <laughs> Even though I'm deeply emotional and I cry all the fucking time. We're, we'll never see that from me. But the so subway, I, they will see, the subway see me cry many oh times. Grand Central Station? Maybe, maybe once a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe once a week I'm crying on the subway. I'm the answer. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we're talking about Taylor. I want to get into like, we, we haven't done our like pop culture thing. Yes. This episode. Yeah. I wanted to let you guys know. 
that I have been in love with a show that everybody else has been in love with since like for a minute now and Lisa who doesn't like the zeitgeist has just <laughs> discovered this beautiful part of culture and you've connected to it so deeply and that connection and that pulp cultural moment is Shit's Creek it is the oh. show called Shit's Creek oh, it is the, the Rose best. family let's talk about their signs because I love that you're into this and that we can talk about it now we can share this language I can't believe for me discovering Shit's Creek because I, I basically watched it while I had the flu like I, I discovered it and I like I, I guess I can't express to you guys like I didn't realize that I wasn't in this bubble alone I <laughs> thought I was experiencing Shit's Creek by myself <laughs> Oh, that's cute. On another planet where that's I was so like sweet. alone with these two sure, people. Of course. But then are. everyone else was like into it too. Yeah. And way, way, way before yes. I did. <laughs> you are late to the game. I remember someone said to me, How do you watch Shits Creek? And I was like, Oh, I'm not like interested in seeing like a also, rich family be poor. And like what a dumb name. I was right. like, what is this name? Like, like do I know? It's it. like Big Bang Theory. I thought it was gonna be something like that, where I'm like, I would rather just leave the planet than Big watch Big Bang show. Theory has no place. In my life. No place. And, like, shame on them for paying those people that much money. Because they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And also, like, it, Big Bang Theory feeds toxic masculinity oh. in a way that I can't even... I Don't don't let me go off, because I will go <laughs> off for days, fam. But Shit's Creek does the opposite. Yes. Shit's Creek deflates toxic masculinity. Oh, does it? Doesn't it? Oh, God, yes. Moira is so... The, the matriarch of that family without oh. being the money breadwinner. Exactly. There's something so beautiful about that. And David's too. fragility. Yes. And Johnny Rose's fragility. Yes. Like Alexis and Moira are leagues. Oh my gosh. Leagues beyond the men in the family in Absolutely. terms of strength and power. Mm. Like, I, I just, I noted from the get-go, um, first of all, Johnny Rose's ability to be have humility grace and open-mindedness and receptiveness in his situation Mm -hmm. whereas moira shuts down alexis and david are disgusted johnny is like you know what i'm gonna have lemonade from these lemons i'm sorry i'm gonna say it he his daddy energy is pure capricorn pure and i know that's stereotypical capricorns are fathers they're fathers of the zodiac no he's a cap tell me he's not a cap he walks in the room and he's like this is it yeah here it is like we're gonna fucking make this work Capricorn. Everything about him is a father. Oh my god, I love it. Everything about him is a father. Also, his love for Moira. Like, his unwavering, Mm -hmm. just respect for all the facets. When she hides in the closet, it's like part of Moira. It's not like he doesn't need to diagnose, he doesn't need to shame, he doesn't need to make fun of. He's like, your mother's in the closet. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. This is, like, my lovely wife's, like, thing that she does when she's traumatized. She hides in the closet. (laughs) Like... It's so... Moira. 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 She hides in the closet when she's traumatized, which is hilarious because all she wants to do is be on show. All she wants to do is be on stage, which is why she hides in the closet, because when she doesn't feel worthy of being on stage, she has to hide so far from it that the opposite of the stage is the closet. And this is why she's a Leo. She's such a Leo. (laughs) She's such a Leo. It's a hard Leo. She is canonically Leo. (laughs) I don't care if the show shows her birthday being a different time. No, we called her up and asked her ourselves. We did. I said, dear Moira, (laughs) dear Miss Rose. Oh my God. When I saw, 
um, Catherine O'Hara accept the award for Schitt's Creek, she did it as Moira. She went up on stage, she was like, you know what, like, this is really cool, thank mm-hmm. you so much for the award, but there's someone here who actually really wants this award more than me, and it's Moira. And so she, re- she like, received it in Moira, and I was like, wow, Leo, 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 Leo. Catherine O'Hara is, first of all, fucking genius. Genius. And I love that she was, in talking about that character, she was interviewed by Rachel Syme. Rachel Syme always interviews, yeah. like, my favorite Amazing. people on Earth. She's so talented. She's so talented. She always gets the best interviews. And she was talking to Catherine O'Hare, and she was like, when you don't know what to do with a character, make it crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. And so all of those weird affectations and all of the mispronunciation pronunciations and all of the, like the all of those tics, all Catherine O'Hare, <sighs> who, by the way, is a Pisces. <gasps> That's why she's so deeply yes. able to yes. inhabit the depth of water Moira. Sign. Yes. Because Moira never comes off as one-dimensional. She always has something else going on, but it's so hard to see because it's so subtle. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara is a water sign playing the ultimate. I need her ultimate to Leo. hold me in her arms. I need her to do everything to me. I, I need her to like, her. like yell at me. Yes. I want Moira to slap me across the face. Like, give me a spoon to my bum. Yeah. A wooden spoon. Yeah. Smack. Like, and then Smack. kiss my head. Mm-hmm. And give mm-hmm. me the nice pat down afterward. This is why we're not straight. But <laughs> and the, yeah, this is definitely why. Um, yes, and this okay. is also why we we have a very drunk podcast that's already going over time. It's a, we're always over time, but we're, we have to keep talking about the yes, Rose we family. Do. We, do. We, we, do. we do. We can't stop now. We do. Moira Leo, Johnny Capricorn, David yes. Alexa. Let's talk about. Okay, it. so I think Alexis is a Libra. Alexis has to be a Libra. She is the biggest flirt. She, yes, and she's so aesthetically based. so aesthetic. Like she's just everything she expresses is aesthetic before oh be, before it's verbal before it's even she understands it <laughs> under like emotionally herself it's expressed right physically and anything that doesn't like fit the aesthetic is ew yeah it, ew David <laughs> ew David <laughs> there's a great scene where like Ted is like telling her about getting a needle for their vaccinations to go to the Galapagos and he's like it's just like getting Botox don't worry and she slaps her forehead really quickly and goes ew she's like what am I thirty <laughs> two. Everything that's not perfectly beautiful just disgusts her. Yes. And I love that about her. I think that she is just like, I ex- I want what I want. I create the life for myself that I want. And that's that's it. I really also just love her character arc. She really, I think she has the most pronounced yes. arc. She like, does. She has the most transformation. She has the deepest story. I think she does. I think, she I think her and David are like a tie. For their most, I, most... I, yeah, I think Alexis beats... Really? David. But... Well, she does... Yeah. But David. But David. But David. I but David, know. okay, so... I have theories. David is the love of our life. <laughs> He's the love of my life. He is... Is he not the sweetest, handsomest thing you've ever laid he, eyes upon? Like, I don't know what I want to do with him. I don't either. Is he an angel? Because I don't want to, like... I don't want to have... I want to have sex, but I don't want to have sex. I don't want to, like... I don't want to sully him. I, like, almost don't even... I, I almost want to just want to date him and hold his hand. Same. Like, I, I don't even need I to... I don't want to sully his visage. No. no. I, I don't want to put my dirtiness on I him. I just want to behold him. Me too. I want to behold that man's beauty. I, 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 I need to, like, just touch his shoulders. Which is why... <laughs> You think he's a Scorpio, and I say no. You think he's a Virgo. I think he's a Virgo. Virgos are... We need our writers, our listeners to re- write in and tell us, please. Is David a Virgo or a Scorpio? Please tell us. Debate. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, I have... Okay, I can see both. Like, 100%. The reason that led me to Scorpio 
was his difficulty handling emotional availability, love, shows of affection. Or compromise in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, he needs to be in control. <laughs> he needs to be in power. He hates compromise. He hates, uh, uh, like, saccharine. He hates yeah. genuine, sincere shows of affection. <laughs> hates it. He finds it so cringe. But deep, deep, deep underneath, deep underneath is this deep desire to be loved. He also, mm-hmm. from, like, season two forward... Made it very clear that he's always been a loner. Mm-hmm. He's never felt like he fit in. Yeah. He never had any real, true relationships. I know. Or real, true love. Yep. And so I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally Virgo. Like, I fully understand that. He's very, like, very particular about his store. But Scorpio has this very specific thing where they're like, I've always felt like an outsider. I've never felt, like, lovable or can love. And... They want so desperately to be loved and to be beholded, beheld. 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 Behold. Okay, sure. Behold. Beheld. (laughs) We're both English majors. You're welcome. We've both been to graduate school. That was like 15 years ago. I don't, (laughs) I don't like remember college. Okay, okay, okay. So David, all right. Sure. (laughs) Either. Think about Alexis having the party in the hotel room and he is, he's beside himself with this. He's like, why are you making me interact with people? trauma. They're messing up my room. It's so Virgo. It's so precise. It's so fidgety and like, um, and, and, uh, like, nudgy. Nudgy. Like when she throws all of her shit under her Uh, bed to clean it up. And and he's he's like mortified. He's like, you didn't clean. You shoved all your shit under your bed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That could be Scorpio or Virgo though. Could be either. Is he a Virgo sun with Scorpio rising or is he a Scorpio sun with a Virgo rising? Listeners, weigh in. (laughs) Weigh in. Oh, wait. I have one more addition to the Scorpio argument in court. <laughs> Let it be heard. <laughs> it stands. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> the astrological court of law. Um, his sexuality. Mm-hmm. Very open. Very fluid. Doesn't need description, doesn't need rules, doesn't mm-hmm, need explanation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fact that he's so freely, like, with, with uh, Patrick, he's like, let's sure. go to that guy's house yeah. and go to the party. What like, Scorpio maybe. do you know is free? <laughs> I'm just saying. What, 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 loose, what loosey-goosey Scorpio do you know who is like, what? That doesn't matter. <laughs> I just mean, me one. I just mean, like. How on earth is that more Scorpio okay. than Virgo? It's not either of them. I just mean, like, it's okay to be sexual in his eyes and i'm telling you you presented me an argument in the court of law and my libra <laughs> is over here with the gavel saying excuse you <laughs> but i mean how fun could a virgo really be how fun could a scorpio be well neither are fun <laughs> <laughs> we need you to vote you guys tell us i will give him a virgo sun so long as he's a scorpio moon and rising yes okay Okay. Well, no, no, he has to have an Aquarius in there somewhere, I think. Well, his Aquarius is, is way up Probably there. Probably somewhere else. Maybe yeah. not the big three, but it's way up there. Agreed. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. All right. We are running over time. We are very over time. We're in pop culture. We have to talk about, we have to talk about all the writers and musicians that are Scorpios because... We do. I would be remiss in this episode if we didn't, if we didn't at least talk about some. Okay. So we've got so many. Do you want to run down the list of writers? Oh, it's my handwriting, though. My handwriting's really bad. Can you get through it? I can. I think I can. It's not any worse than my scribble. We've got Margaret Atwood, mm-hmm. Sylvia Plath, no Anne sh- Sexton, Jose Saramago, 
Marianne Moore, Dylan Thomas, Neil Gaiman, Voltaire, Camus, Bram Stoker, Chuana Chebe, Juana Inez de la Cruz, Dylan Thomas, Dostoevsky, Picasso, we've got Zadie Smith, we've got Colson Whitehead, we've got Lee, Roland Bart. Like, yeah. Are we joking? There's so many, so many talented writers. It's why I know this episode is going long, but I cannot stop without talking about that. I mean, Scorpio Sun, Scorpio Moon are the best artistic placements. Prove me wrong. I mean, it is, Fight a, me. it is a court of law. I say this not being a Scorpio, you guys. <laughs> I say this being the biggest Scorpio stan. <laughs> you guys are the best. Thank you. I feel like you're in the minority. <laughs> I'm always in the minority, and I like being there. It's a good you place to be. I'm always right, though. It's true. The minority are usually right. I think that we know that. Yeah. And then musicians. Yeah. So many good Scorpio musicians. Mm. And we didn't even make a full list. But SZA. Like, SZA has like a bajillion placements in Scorpio. Bjork has a bajillion Scorpio placements. Triple big three. Willow Smith, who I know she's like a little baby. She's yeah. A little baby finding herself. Her career... She's doing great. And she has that single with SZA. Uh, it's like the best song ever. It's like the Scorpio What's anthem. It's Nine? Nine. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. That song, there was a time when Andy and I went on a road trip with our, with Andy's roommate Sterling. And we went up to um, Ithaca. Ithaca and lived in a cottage. And like, we were really wholesome for a weekend. <laughs> we were. We were. <laughs> Which is very antithetical to who we are. Well, me and Andy, at least. So uh, we played like that SZA and Willow song, and we were like grooving through the tunnel, oh my like God. just having like the most sensual, like lovely car ride. It was that amazing for us? It was. It was. <laughs> I'm gonna just be for the sake of time. I'm gonna go back to the idea of writers. So before we started this episode, I was thinking, who's a Scorpio writer? I knew Sylvia Plath. I knew Anne Sexton. Yeah. I knew Keats. I knew some of them. Yeah. But I thought to myself. What is Margaret Atwood, right? Because I thought of her poem that was brief. It's this little tiny poem from the 70s. I love her work. I thought of her poem, You fit into me like a hook into an eye. A fish hook, an open eye. And I said, she has to be a Scorpio. She has to be. And without, like, communicating this to you, without, like, anything, I looked it up. Just kind of checked on your own. Yeah. November 18th. And you just screamed out loud. Of course, she is. And wow. so I want to share a Margaret Atwood poem, okay. and I want you to share a Scorpio poem okay. from someone that you care about. Okay. Okay. Let's do this thing. This is Siren Song by Margaret Atwood, and if you tell me this isn't a Scorpio poem, the fact is that you are objectively incorrect, That's because true. she is a Scorpio, but also it's just the most Scorpio poem. Siren Song. This is the one song everyone would like to learn, the song that is irresistible, The song that forces men to leap overboard in squadrons, even though they see the beached skulls. The song nobody knows because anyone who has heard it is dead and the others can't remember. Shall I tell you the secret? And if I do, will you get me out of this bird suit? I don't enjoy it here, squatting on this island, looking picturesque and mythical with these two feathery maniacs. I don't enjoy singing this trio, fatal and valuable. I will tell the secret to you, to you, only to you. Come closer. This song is a cry for help. Help me, only you, only you can. You are unique at last, alas. It is a boring song, but Mm. it works every time. Oh. 
Is it not Scorpio? Is that not Scorpio? Tell me that's not the meaning of Scorpio. God, it was so good. And, and you were good, to... good rendition as well. Oh, thank you. Wow. And I think you had a poem that you were interested. Who are you going to read? What Scorpio poet are you choosing? I'm choosing Sor Juan Inés de la Cruz. And this is a translation by Aiden Limon. Also. I... I, also. I love Sorwana because I feel like I love her Baroque poetry. Uh, she was just like a badass babe who studied poetry and language and philosophy. And it was just, she was from Mexico and just, I think, a representation of a really strong, brilliant woman. I'm going to be like a real basic bitch about it and say like she came to slay. She, she came to slay. She really did. Like her poetry was not here to make nice. It mm-hmm. was not here to, to comfort and think about, I mean, the time period was, like, I want to say, I'm not sure, but more than 100-something years ago. Like, several hundred. Um, I'm really bad at history and math, but it was a long time ago. A long ago. time ago. Yeah, long, long time enough ago. time ago. I'm glad that you chose a poem of hers. This is a good ending. It, this is a good ending. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so here we go. It's called The Ripcord of Love. This is by Sorwana Inés La Cruz and translated by Ada Limon and Cyrus Limon. With the force of a mortal blow, with the sting of love's sorry sorrow, I watched for death's final call to go. I begged for the flood's big swallow. Evil plagued my funny little soul. Pain by pain there grew a hollow, so that in the time that dared to follow, I had traded life to die and wallow. And when the blows refused to end, and my surrendered heart to mend, in the final throes, in the blood's last sigh, a strange magic rescued me just then. I came back. But why should I live? Why? For who in love has been luckier than I? Is that not rebirth and regeneration? I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping for her and for us. Yes. <laughs> and for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here and joining us on our very very strangely personal and weirdly shit's creaky episode (laughs) (laughs) which is also very personal (laughs) this was a great episode it was less drunk than the last it's still pretty drunk it was right i mean we did go like it's not loaded it's like a 17 hour episode and 50 percent of it's shit's creek yeah (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) good night and godspeed thank you for listening and have a lovely rest of your scorpio season